It was the best of times. It was the blurst of times. <laughs> That's because it wasn't a regular slushy Mr. Shoe. <laughs> Sue Sylvester, my hero. I can't tell if you're lying or not. Welcome to Cursed or Blessed, the podcast where we systematically, ruthlessly <laughs> review <laughs> review uh, nostalgic movies from our youth and uh, decide whether or not they're, they're cursed, blessed, or blessed. We're rigorous critics. We're... Across genres and eras. Unforgiving. Yeah. Ruthless, even. And yet sometimes surprisingly forgiving. <laughs> and ruthful. It just depends. Depends on what we're drinking. It's true. This is the new bit I like to call introducing the podcast. <laughs> Listeners, I'm now involved. I'm more, I'm more involved in the podcasting world. I'm. I'm. I'm uh, I've agreed to edit another podcast, <laughs> and I feel like I've been giving advice that I don't necessarily follow. Advice such as introduce your podcast every episode, and. Tell people where to find your podcast at the beginning of the episode. It's everywhere you can find your podcast, but not SoundCloud, just so you know. You can follow us on Instagram as well. If you've got some hot takes on the episode, send us a message on Instagram. If you want us to make a meme, we can make memes. What's our Instagram handle? I believe it's cursed or blessed at Instagram.com. <laughs> That's not how Instagram That's handles. not how Instagram works at all. <laughs> forward slash cursed, forward slash blurst. <laughs> at hotmail <laughs> at aol.uk. <laughs> it's cursed or blurst. Just cursed or blurst. All lowercase. Yeah, come come hit us up on Instagram. No leet speak. This is, we're the only cursed or blurst on there. Or the originators. No one else has tried to call their podcast Cursed or Blurst, and when we find they do, we will hunt them down, we will find them, we will kill them. Yep. And that's our Cursed or Blurst guarantee. <laughs> I'll promise to you, the listeners, we will murder anyone who steals our concept. So we've uh, we've 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 decided to to veer off course this week. Shannon, do you want to explain what we have done yes. and why? Because I don't know why. In the first week that you actually explained the concept of the podcast, we've gone off the concept of the podcast. Yeah, and, actually, that was a tactical error. <laughs> and are reviewing not a film, but several episodes of a television show. We thought this might be a fun thing to try. We have a couple of ideas for shows we wanted to talk about. Yep. So if you like it, let us know on Instagram. If you don't like it, don't tell us. It might make us sad. <laughs> we worked really hard on this. We watched five episodes <laughs> of Glee really for hard. you. <laughs> yeah, that is a lot of hard work. Like, think about how much alcohol we've consumed watching Glee. Yeah. Yeah, listen. Last night alone, it was a bottle of wine just thinking about it and not doing it. <laughs> just working our way up to maybe talking about Glee. And it was a thunderstorm, we got distracted. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, we're... This week, we're starting out with Glee. Um, 
which we picked because it's something both of us watched when it was first on the air. I was actually assigned it by my high school drama teacher. I had to watch the pilot episode and then most of the first season for drama class in high school. Oh no. Um, What kind of education was I getting? Were they teaching you other really important acting skills in that class, like point to someone to dramatic? (laughs) Start quiet and end up loud. (laughs) So, we didn't want to watch all of Glee because we like you guys, but not that much. We like ourselves. We care about ourselves and value our time. So, we watched the pilot episode, just to refresh us on the concept and the characters, and then we watched... Four other episodes, um, meticulously, scientifically chosen by us remembering weird stuff that happened on Glee and Googling which episode that was in and yes. picking four of them. Yes. The, the, the one I was very married to, Born This Way, which we'll talk about, I remember deeply scarring me as a teen, mm-hmm. but I couldn't quite remember what, exactly why. Yeah. And now I know why. So that's great. The one I, I suggested one with some nonsense from the the Warblers, the the rival boys choir. Ah, uh, yes. Um, and I was not disappointed. No, that was a very good pick. So okay, so let let's for for the uninitiated. What is Glee, Elise? Is it a state of mind? Is it a state of being? <laughs> Before I, I, I set out the premise of Glee, I just want to say off the bat, I wasn't one of those kids that ever liked it. Did I watch Glee? Yeah, I spent hours on Glee. It was like water cooler talk at school. All of the other kids who were wrong and liked it would watch it and we'd talk about it. So I would go around people's houses and it would just happen to be on. So I'd, I'd hate watch. It was the original hate watch for me. And I remember not liking it for very valid reasons, which I still agree with today. And uh, two of my friends who were taking a psychology A-level, that's basically like psychology 101, Mm -hmm. they learned what the word contrarian was in class, decided Elise is a contrarian because she's going against the grain and disliking Glee. (laughs) And they were like, Elise, I remember they pinpointed me on my way back home. They were like, you're a contrarian. You say you don't like Glee. And also, when we asked you earlier about what season you liked, you said winter and not summer. I think you were just being awkward. It's like, it, I don't think I was. I was not, like, uh, a random, like, scene kid who was like, ah, oh, I go against the grain. The only grain I went against was Glee. I I had a slightly different relationship with Glee. So we, we skimmed through all the seasons that are on Netflix, um, and in doing so, I realized I'd only seen up to a couple of episodes at the beginning of season four. Um, so I did watch three seasons of it pretty religiously. I ha- The first season I was assigned in class, so I had to watch the whole first oh, season. And, and then at that point, I was it was kind of like just a thing that I did, so I was quite into it for a bit. But it kind of petered out for me end of season three, and I just stopped watching it entirely. So I have no idea what happens beyond that. And I'm going to go on the record to say that I was wrong for having enjoyed Glee at any point in high school. Usually I'm very... I'm very much like, like what you like. It doesn't matter. 
I was wrong, <laughs> and yeah. I'm going to go on the record to say that this was indicative of my poor taste in the ninth grade. <laughs> and I think that Glee is one of those things that, like, I say I didn't like it, but uh, yeah, I watched a lot of Glee, sometimes off my own back, as a sort of schadenfreude thing. Mm. If schadenfreude even is the right word, because it was, I was inflicting pain on myself. It was one of those shows that was very hard to not watch. It like you said, it's like water cooler talk at school. Everybody was watching it. Yeah. And it just became the thing you talked about. So if you hadn't watched Glee, what are we talking about? And my school didn't even have water coolers. No. We wouldn't you want to use a water fountain because people would stick gum mm. on the water fountains, which is absolutely disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so I guess the premise of Glee is, is Glee clubs are not a thing in the UK, nor are show choirs. There's mm. choir choirs, but we stand like pencils. They're, I don't, I don't want to go on record and say that they're not a thing anywhere in Canada, but the high school I went to certainly did not have one. Mm-hmm. Um, nor did any in the city I lived in. But I did live in a small town, so I don't know if it's more of a thing in the States or if it's a thing in bigger cities in Canada. I don't know. But this was kind of my first encounter with the concept of a show <laughs> choir. <laughs> yeah, so it was interesting. Okay, we watched the first episode, which is where the whole premise is laid out. And I think we decided not to talk about the, the plot of each episode we watched, else we'd be here for ages. Yeah. But I think for the first episode, that's really what you need. Yeah. So I suppose it all rests on the the fate of, of, of Mr. William Schuster, everyone's favourite Spanish teacher. <laughs> Who's somehow the Spanish teacher and not the music teacher at this school. Yes, well, that's the thing. The music teacher at the school has been sexually harassing children. Yeah. One kid at least. One kid at least. And has gotten fired. Mm-hmm. So I, that's needed for the plot, apparently. In the world of the show, that's needed for the plot. Yeah. So that Mr. Shu can acquire drugs off of him. But I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> <laughs> the plot of the pilot episode feels like the plot of a full season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> yes, so only much 40 minutes. So much happens in it. And like I think about halfway through, when we paused to refill our wine, <laughs> I was like, have we... Because you know how Netflix just sometimes goes right into the next episode? I was like, are, are we on episode two? What's happening? And we were only like 25 minutes in. And on the topic of wine, I'll just point out that... We usually have like a regular stock of alcohol each week, and we had a we had our regular stock, mm-hmm. and we've had to do two restocks of the alcohol <laughs> because of what we're doing for the episode the, for the for the podcast this week. Yeah, and we're kind of we're on drugs of alcohol right now. We're drinking old gin. Yep, we are because we're dedicated. We're professional, dedicated and dead inside. <laughs> Oh man, okay. So Mr. Shu used to, in his youth, be a passionate show chorister. It was the only time he felt alive, the only time he felt happiness in his life, and that's a plot point. Yep. He's currently married to his high school sweetheart, um, 
who I fully forgot existed because she was in the, the pilot episode and none of the other episodes that we watch. Yeah. So I think they get divorced at the end of season one. Yeah. Um, and her only characteristic is that she's mean and we shouldn't like her. She likes Pottery Barn. Yeah, she works at Pottery Barn. She no, blows no, all she her money on. At, she works at, like, Bed Bath & Beyond. Yeah. But blows all her money up at Pottery Barn. I've not been into a Pottery Barn, but it sounds quite good. Yeah. From what she said about it. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to, uh, restart the school's show choir. Yeah. There's an opening for this now because the, uh, the, the, the teacher who did run it or was the music teacher uh is fired yes and he's trying to acquire children to to be in this quiet because it's quite a small quiet group Mm -hmm. and one thing he does in this there's this guy finn who's a jock character but he's very good at singing so mr shu has gone to try and recruit um a male lead singer Mm -hmm. And he thinks that the the football team might be a good place to search. And then he's hanging around a full-grown man in the teenager's school locker room Mm -hmm. where Finn is naked and showering and singing. Mm -hmm. And an idea forms in Mr. Shoe's head. So then he goes to Bed Bath & Beyond or whatever, bumps into this old music teacher who's been, like, now dealing, starting to deal weed. Yeah. Buys weed off of him, plants it in Finn's locker, yep. and blackmails Finn into joining Glee Club. <laughs> With, yeah, saying, like, this could go on your permanent record, could stop you from getting into colleges on a, your football scholarship, but I can make it all go away if you join my Glee Club. And Finn's like, shit, better sign up to that, because I value my future. <laughs> Which, by the way, he's doing all of this to get, like, explicitly to get a male lead and they already have a guy in the show choir they've yeah. already got Artie. yeah and then they have Kurt. and then they have kurt yeah there are two men in the show choir <laughs> yeah but no but no we we have to have a, a football player that we blackmail onto the glee club <laughs> Um, the cheerleaders do not join in this episode, which surprised me. They must yeah, come later. Yeah, they join at some point. The cheerleaders are coached by my favorite Glee character, <laughs> Sue Sylvester. Played by Jane Lynch. She's amazing. She's, I think, the best character in Glee. She is. Everything she says is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> she just goes on these, like, long very, very mean tirades, mostly against Mr. Shu, and you're like, yeah. In real life, this would be mean, but this is Mr. Shu. But it's Mr. Shu, the worst character on television. He commits so many sins. Yeah. Mr. Shu, spawn of Pennywise. (laughs) And, yeah, actually, only, like, two of the episodes we watched actually had Sue Sylvester in them, which is a shame. Yeah. But the ones we watched with her, she was so good. She'll just go off for about five minutes. Yeah. About how much she hates hates Mr. Shoe and by proxy the Glee Club. And from what we, the audience, see, it's like, she's right. Yep. She's right. She is right. She should hate Mr. Shoe and the Glee Club. (laughs) (laughs) And what else happens in the premise was such a long... Such a long... So, at, like, all the characters have sort of 
a little arc in the first episode. Like, I think there's too much plot. But Mr. Mr. Shu is also his wife, who seems to be overspending, um, wants him to get a job as an accountant. And he keeps saying no. And then she tells him that she's pregnant and he needs to get a job as an accountant in order to provide for the family. And then he hands in his notice. And then the Glee Club is like, fine, we'll continue on without you. And then they sing Don't Stop Believing the Glee version, which haunted the radio for 10 years. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Can I just go off? (laughs) Yes, you've heard me go off on this before. Okay, so. When Glee came out, as a little baby teenager child, mm-hmm. I had I had on my own come across Don't Stop Believing, the actual song, on YouTube. And I was like, this is a very good song. My parents were not into that kind of music in, in, in their youth times. Mm. So I was like, I like this. I had no idea Glee was going to come and make everyone else know a shittier version of that song. It's probably what my, what my friends thought I was contrarian. But I was I grew, grew really attached to Don't Stop Believing and then Glee happened. And I was like, fuck, save me from... Because it's like this really irritating acapella. And then the choir I was in decided to use the, the Glee arrangement of mm-hmm. actually quite a few songs, mm-hmm. but most notoriously, Don't Stop Believing. Mm-hmm. So the tenor line for Don't Stop Believing, the Glee version, is da, da, Da 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 and occasionally it'll be like da 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 but most of the time you're spending five minutes being like da 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 and then tell you that does tricks on your lungs and on your brain. Don't stop believing was to my mind like dad rock my dad was very into journey mm. so i was familiar before the glee episode came out as well i do feel like it's had it's very glee has done something the same thing to don't stop believing that supernatural has done to carry on my wayward son both excellent songs that are now destroyed oh not for me i've never watched supernatural <laughs> is that the song that's Carry on my wayward son. That's the one. There'll be beef when we are done. <laughs> I don't know the words to this song. I just know there's lots of beef. Is that right? It's peace, but sure. <laughs> There'll be peace when we're done. Yeah. Not beef. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it depends on which son. Yeah. Okay. You've got you've got two sons, they're both wayward. Yeah. <laughs> One of them, when you're done with them, there'll be peace. Yeah. Because you need to kill him yeah. for there to be peace. Yeah. You're bringing like peace and and, 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 and balance to the world. <laughs> the other one. When you're done with him, there'll be beef. Because your other son. <laughs> It's gonna eat the son that you've killed. I was gonna say it's a bull. <laughs> so you you're done with him and just beef. Yeah. But yeah, I like your version better. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, supernatural. This is another contender. Oh no, you're right. Those are the, the that's that's my dark past. That's my dark backstory is how much of supernatural I've voluntarily watched. <laughs> um, it's a lot of it. <laughs> I mean, after the after the the, the the blah 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 that is the tenor line for Glee's carry on my wayward son 
da 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 way with sun beef. <laughs> um, oh god. Okay, the rest of the plot of, of Glee generally is they'll be building up to, to national show choir events and they'll be training and they'll be competing against other choirs such as Vocal Adrenaline and the Warblers. Yeah. You okay, Vocal Adrenaline, who is, um, I always forget his name. Jonathan Groff is the, plays the lead of Vocal Adrenaline. And then the Warblers, the lead, is originally played by Darren Chris, but then he defects to the, our main show choir, who are called New Directions, which is a stupid name. Stupid name. And then is headed- New Directions compared to what? <laughs> The old directions? The beef directions. Beef directions. Uh, and then the Warblers are then headed by Grant Gustin, who is now The Flash. And that will never not be funny to me. Um, <laughs> the Warblers are my favorite rival show choir. I think they're hilarious. They're so preppy. They're a private school group, yeah. and they're all very clean cut, and they've got blazers <laughs> and very nice arrangements. They rely on gimmicks less than New Directions, I'm gonna say. Yeah. Nearly yeah. all of their songs, from my memory, are a cappella and not are. backing track yeah. ones. Because I will say this, New Directions don't really go in for harmonies. No, they don't. They tend to just have everyone singing the same lyrics and then two soloists yes. singing and staring into each other's eyes. To complete whatever romantic arc is happening that season. Yeah. And I don't think having heavy solos is really that community-minded for a choir. No, but the Warblers, they're in it together. They're one unit. Yeah. Ah, the Warblers. (laughs) Are we sympathizing with the villain again? Wait, are the Warblers the villains? The Warblers are the villains. Only in that one episode. In, okay, the one of the Warblers episodes we watched, and this is one that I very much wanted to watch because I love it. Um, this is the Michael Jackson special episode. It is. And I didn't actually remember that that was what the music of the episode was. I just remembered the singular plot point because there really is only one plot point in the whole episode. And it's that... So just to back up a bit, in Glee... People get slushies thrown in their faces semi-regularly. Which really makes you think, why is the cafeteria still selling them? Yeah. Also, how much are they? Because slushies, I I think, in my experience of buying slushies, they're not cheap. No. They're like three or four pounds. I'd say they'd go for, when I was a kid, maybe, yeah, Five Canadian dollars, which would be maybe three or four American dollars. Yeah, it's it's not worth it because people seem to be exclusively buying these slushies in the cafeteria to throw at nerds. Yeah, they just like it, they call it getting slushied, and they'll have like a usually a red slushy thrown yeah. in their face. Why hasn't the school unless the school's not selling them and there's a slushy place next door to the school and the maybe. kids are bringing them in and they're making a killing. Yeah. So this is a, a running thread throughout uh, throughout Glee, which is context for the singular event in the War- Warblers episode, where the the Warblers and the New Directions are having like a sing off, I guess, in a parking garage. Yeah, it's very to, pitch perfect style to the song "Bad." Yeah, 
and at the very end of it, Sebastian, aka the Flash, on the Warblers takes a slushy out of a paper bag and throws it in Blaine's face. Blaine, who has abandoned the Warblers for new directions, <laughs> but Blaine takes the slushy in the face like a bullet and falls to the ground. And everyone, it's like in slow motion, and everyone is like, Blaine! And <laughs> he's rolling around on the floor. Clutching his eyes. And they fall to their knees beside him. And then, um, it like hard cuts to the next day. And Blaine is in the hospital because the slushy had gravel in it. And it scratched his cornea and he had to have surgery. And it's made everyone in the Glee Club, who gets slutted every day, so angry. Artie, the wheelchair one, who's usually very calm, yeah, is like, he goes on like a long monologue like, I want to inflict pain on those who would attack Glee. No, Mr. Shoe, don't tell me to calm down. I have to deal with this every day. People are always mean to us, and I want to hurt them, Mr. <laughs> Shoe. I want to hurt them. It sounds like I'm being melodramatic, but he was like that. That's exactly what he said. It's like, yeah. Artie, well, why have you been temporarily possessed by Satan? <laughs> Where did this come from? <laughs> um, my favorite bit of that is when they come into the, sh- the choir room and Kurt who is Blaine's boyfriend tells Mr. Shoe that Blaine's in the hospital and Mr. Shoe's like, I don't know of any slushy that could do that. And Finn is just like, that's because it wasn't a regular slushy, Mr. Shoe. That was no ordinary slushy. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Shoe's like, in all my years of being an educator, I have never seen a slushy inflict so much damage on another pupil. <laughs> Like, maybe you stop the slushies. Yeah. You've got some sort of power on the school board, I assume. Just maybe stop your students throwing ground-up ice into each other's eyes. (laughs) 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 Oh. Um, uh, (laughs) So I guess this is, to to segue into into talking about the music a bit more, I think the the reason this episode is A, so wild, mm-hmm. and B, the characters make such weird decisions, like Artie being like, I want to inflict pain, yeah. is because sometimes they will do episodes that are dedicated to um, an artist or a band, you know, someone who's got like a, lo- a large body of work, someone, yeah. some icon. In this case, Michael Jackson. There's a Madonna one. There's, there's a Britney Spears one. Yep, there's a, a Lady Gaga one. Yeah. The Lady Gaga one is not exclusively Gaga, though. No, there's it's a... It's 50-50, Gaga and Perry. Oh, yeah, there You're is. either a Gaga... Are you a Gaga or a Katy Perry? I think a Gaga. Mm. Yeah, what about you? I mean, I feel like I might actually be a mix. Mm. You know? I th- In the, the Katy or, or Gaga episode, um, Adam Lambert is in it, and I love him. And he <laughs> sings a Gaga song. I prefer Gaga music. And I like how she's avant-garde. But I'd be lying if I didn't say I am a real, real fan of novelty costumes. <laughs> Which Katy Perry pulls off with panache. She does. I just never, I never really vibe with her music. I've liked a few of her songs, but I think if Gaga's got a new album out, I'm more likely to like the music. Yeah, that's Katy a thing. Perry. And I think I'd, oh no, I'd have equal fun at their concerts. 
I think I'm a 50-50. Yeah, I think I'm I think I'm I'm Lady solidly, Perry. solidly a Gaga. A Katie Gaga. <laughs> don't put me in a box, Mr. Shoe. I don't want to choose. <laughs> I can be Lady Gaga, and I can be Katie Perry. <laughs> and you can't tell me what to do. Because I am me, Mr. Shoe. I am me, and that makes me me. <laughs> now I'm a Glee character, and that's my gimmick. Yeah, that's your whole gimmick. Yeah. You can't put me in a box, Mr. Shoe. <laughs> I think the reason the Gaga episode is like half Gaga, half Katy Perry is because it's in one of the later seasons and they've already used a bunch of Gaga <laughs> yeah. songs and a bunch of Katy Perry songs and have now run out of ones that they haven't used and have to like jam them into one episode together. They use they use um, a Lady Gaga song for Great Evil in one of the episodes that we watched. Yes, and the episode is named after the song. Born This Way. Born This Way. The episode, I mean, we'll talk about this a bit more later when we're talking about the social commentary of the show. Oh my god. But the premise of this show is that they're gearing up to perform Born This Way on stage. Mm-hmm. And they've, they've all, they're, they're all meant to be wearing t-shirts that describes their thing, that makes them them. Um, and sing Born This Way to it. But like, some of the things are random and inconsequential like trout lips yeah and some of them are too much like stupid yeah no come on (laughs) yeah it's a bizarre mix of things that are some of them are like incredibly banal like can't dance yeah and so (laughs) it's a can't dance can't sing (laughs) Um, mr shoes is like butt chin trout lips someone's trout trout lips. lips yeah and then others have their biggest insecurities written on them. Yeah. <laughs> but more on that later. But yeah. And some of the songs in this show are like completely out of sync with what's going on. Yeah. There's one where, oh, I guess it's not that out of sync. In the same episode, Rachel's considering getting a nose job because she's been told by her doctor it might improve her chances of, of finding fame. So she wants to get her nose um made smaller and then Kurt uh comes up to her in the mall and says don't do this Rachel be yourself be representation for other Jewish girls you know what you should be like Barbara Streisand mm-hmm. and you'd think all right maybe they're gonna sing a Barbara Streisand song because these two characters are the ones that sing musical theater songs mm-hmm. no they who even did this song? It's a song that's like Barbara Streisand, <laughs> and there's like a flash mob to that in the mall. Yeah. Why? Yeah, not a Barbara Streisand song at all. Just the song called Barbara Streisand. Yeah. I also think that the um. A lot of the interpersonal drama in the show is driven by what songs they want to put in the episode rather than the other way around. They don't, like, write the plot and then are like, how do we convey this through song? It's like, no, we want to do these five songs, so someone's got to have a breakup this episode. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, a, a lot of the action feels completely random and... Almost every episode we watched, there was some sort of relationship between 
two of the main characters that neither of us had any memory of because <laughs> it's so inconsequential, but they put them together just to get a song out of it's that like, episode. Oh, Mercedes and Sam. Okay. Oh, Brittany and Artie. Right. <laughs> okay. Since when? Either to get, like, the character that they eventually end up with to sing a mournful song about them. Yeah. Or to get some sort of romance ballad out of, like, a new relationship or something. Yeah. That's the thing, like, some of the songs, like, you can see that they've been planted there because it... They they want to do... They want to build the plot around that song. Yeah. And other times they seem to be more concerned about the plot and just put a random song in. Mm -hmm. For example, the most recent episode we've watched... Blaine's brother comes to town Mm -hmm. and they have a fractious relationship because the brother is like a Hollywood star. He's a commercial star, but like he's, you know, big showbiz guy. And he's always, um, he's always riding Blaine for not being talented enough. Yeah. He says, Blaine, why are you so untalented? (laughs) (laughs) And Blaine gets really angry. And then you think they're not going to make up. And then at the end, Kurt's like, Blaine. Your brother's in the auditorium. He wants to talk to you. And then they sing Gautier, somebody that you used to know. Somebody that I used to know. And it's like, why? Yeah. This is not a song about this. It's like a song about a conflict, I guess, but not this particular one. And that happens a lot. Songs that are, like, just not quite right. (laughs) Yeah. Like... Mm, no, I don't think so. Some songs are so flippantly awful as mm. well. Like, in the very same episode, so Artie permanently uses a wheelchair. Yeah. Um, but Quinn, one of the cheerleaders, temporarily uses a wheelchair because she gets uh, into a car accident when she's texting and driving. So she's, yeah, temporarily in a wheelchair. She doesn't stay in there, just like a few episodes, really. Yeah, yeah. But the first time we see her using a wheelchair, the first thing we see her do is her and Artie sing, I'm still standing. Yeah. It's like, ooh, and they do a little wheelchair dance. Uh, and it's like, they probably did not consult any... Any wheelchair users exactly. for any of this. Ooh, that's very common in Glee. Yeah. It's like, anything they could make into a stereotype about a character, that character will sing a song about that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> I I think this is a, a good segue into just generally how Glee handles social commentary. Because I think I remember the general vibe at the time was that, like, Glee is super progressive because it's got all these, like... Gays. Look at all the gays. Look at all these gay characters. Every single plot that might be meaningful social commentary is so badly handled. <gasps> yeah. It's like you think they're going the right way, but then they make it so, so wrong. Yeah. Like, there's a bit where Blaine and Kurt aren't going out yet. They're just sort of, like, testing the waters, I think. Yeah. And But Blaine's like, I, I'm not, like, fully sure if I'm gay or not. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm young. I don't know. I've not. Mm-hmm. I need to think some more. And uh, because Rachel's asked him out, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to see. Mm-hmm. Because I might be bisexual. And then Kurt's like... Oh ho ho! That's a make-believe myth that doesn't exist, and it's like God. Yeah, and that do- that goes completely unquestioned by the the yeah. contents of the episode. 
Like, Kurt doesn't learn his lesson about respecting bisexuality. No, no, no. Blaine no. figures out he is gay after he all. He is gay after all. And... <laughs> no. <laughs> like, the show should have been... Sure, Blaine might find that out. But Kurt should also be like, you know what? I've done some thinking and what I said was wrong. Yeah, like, I support you no matter what, etc. Like, not just be awful. And, like, that happens so frequently that, like, it... I think the show will will do something like, well, we've written a gay main character. Job done at being progressive. So we're not going to put any effort at all into not making the things these characters do stereotypical in every possible way. And it's such an, an unself-aware show as well. Like in the Michael Jackson episode, you've got exclusively white characters being like... And Michael- Santana singing Michael Jackson. No, but the ones who are saying they love Michael Jackson, it's like Artie and like... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're like, he, we truly understand Michael... And you might. Like, I'm not saying they don't. Yeah. But like, they're the ones who are like, we are culturally holding Michael Jackson yeah. in our hearts. Yeah. And then in the last song, they're making up with the Warblers. And what is the name of that song? It's like, doesn't matter if you're black or white. Oh, it's yeah. Black, it's white. I don't, I don't know that song. I don't know the name of it, but yeah. Listeners, you know the song that we're talking about. And it's like, you mentioned it's like very telling that there's only like two black characters involved in the singing of that song. And, and there's so many people on stage because there's two full show choirs there. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just like two of the main characters. It's like the full main cast plus all the warblers. <laughs> like the, did no one writing this episode think we should maybe put some more thought into to how we were viewing diversity in this show versus tokenism or you know. Yeah. Like there, there's not a lot of of actual critical thought put into how yes. they write individual episodes. And I think it seems very hypocritical because sometimes I think they, they think, I think they think they're trying very hard mm. to give representation. I want to talk about Emma. <laughs> Let's talk about Emma. <laughs> this is the reason I chose Born This Way. Um, Emma is the guidance counsellor at the school and she very clearly has OCD. Yeah. And somewhere down the line in the show she starts dating Will, and then he starts being like, you should get therapy. But in a very mean way, where it's like, if you don't embrace who you are, I don't love you, Emma. So she's introducing the 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 task the challenge with the Bornus Way song and all the t-shirts where everyone has to wear what they are. (laughs) And she's like, for example, I'm wearing one that says ginger. And it's like, Shu's just shaking his head looking so disappointed in her mm-hmm. but Mr. Shu she's just explained how traumatised she is to you in the cafeteria She and also she's the school counsellor and all these students, she doesn't know how they're going to react, she doesn't have to open up with yeah, to all these random students and he like she even explains to him why she doesn't feel comfortable when she's only just been diagnosed with OCD earlier that episode. Exactly, and not even at the time that she 
is wearing her ginger t-shirt. She's yeah. not even been to the therapist yet. Yeah, and she's like, I'm not comfortable discussing my mental health problems with a bunch of mean teenagers. And, like, that's very valid. And Mr. Shu acts like she's a horrible monster who hates herself and doesn't love children. Yeah. And... This is very rich coming from a man whose own t-shirt just says butt Butt chin. chin. (laughs) And then at the the end of the episode, she goes on stage and joins in the song wearing an OCD t-shirt. Yeah. After just taking her first um, medication that the therapist has given her after a five-minute conversation. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's so... Problem solved. She's accepted herself for who she is, and now Will can be with her. Yeah, because she's lived up to his standard. Someone needs to save Emma. Yeah. She ends up marrying him. And that's just so unfortunate. Also, I think she's not wrong to have the ginger thing on her t-shirt, because that's a big part of her backstory. Her character backstory is that her parents are ginger supremacists. What?! It's like a Meet the Parents episode in one of the later seasons. She's like, Will, I don't really want you to meet my parents. They're kind of wild. And he's like, Emma, I'm sure they're fine. But no, they're ginger supremacists. They don't want, they don't like it when non-gingers touch stuff because it's contaminated with like non-ginger germs. What? She's like, Emma, you've certainly found a man who's not ginger. Interesting. And this is the root cause of her OCD. Ginger supremacy. What the fuck? (laughs) I just... Okay, here's the thing. I think it says a lot about Glee that, having not watched the later seasons, I can't tell if you're lying or not. I wouldn't lie. By how crazy that plot is. It sounds like it should be a lie. What if I made something up on this podcast? (laughs) This is a twofer, because in the last episode, you didn't believe me when I said that the plague was still very much going in the United States. Just and who was correct. Sometimes you say things with total conviction, and those things turn out to be false. Such as? Um, such as all those walruses eating surfers in the Arctic. <laughs> no, yeah. I didn't fall for that one. But you will say things like that with total conviction. It's a skill. It's a talent. It's a talent. It's a gift. And you can't blame me for sometimes fact-checking the things that you say. (laughs) But because it's glee, it's like, yeah, that's probably very accurate and actually what (laughs) happened. No, it is true. There's a Ginger Supremacist episode later on. Oh, my God. Another big thing that they're trying, social commentary thing they they try to hit in one of the episodes we watch is teen drinking. Oh my god! The episode is called (laughs) "Blame It on the Alcohol," and this is the this is the episode with the bad commentary on bisexuality because like Blaine and and Rachel kiss when they're drunk, and Blaine's like, "Well, I kind of enjoyed that, so maybe I maybe I'm bisexual and not gay after all." Um, but, like, the general plot of the episode is that there's, like, a an epidemic of teen drinking at this high school, and kids are showing up to school drunk. So the principal is, like... The principal who thinks Kesha did this. Yeah! <laughs> First of all. Key-E dollar sign eight ha. Key-E dollar sign ha. K-E dollar sign ha. 
Oh man. Commissions uh, New Directions to perform at like a school PSA assembly. Yes, he's like, what is the solution to teen drinking? <laughs> it's show choir. <laughs> so then Mr. Shu tells the students to prep a song on the dangers of drinking. And sort of going tandem to this, I vaguely remember this plot line. Rachel is trying to write an original song, and I think this has to do with either the, like, regionals or sectionals yeah. plot of the season, because there's a bunch of attempts at writing original songs. And she writes this song about her headband, and <laughs> Phil, and Finn is like, like, shouldn't you write about something, like, more real and emotional? And Rachel's like, you're right! I'm gonna throw a drunken rager at my house so I can experience emotion! <laughs> And therefore write a song. And and in doing so, she becomes alcoholic. She's like, yum, 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 alcohol. Yeah. And she's always drinking through the rest of the episode, even outside the bounds of the party. Yeah. Also, the party looks really fun, by the way. It does look um, fun. I've had many a, many a house party as a young'un, drinking alcohols, and that looks like a very fun party. It looks like they were having a good time. They had a designated driver. Yeah. They were safe. Um... What's okay? One of the crazy things about this episode um, is the editing of it. <laughs> the um, timeline of it, yeah. The timeline is bizarre. They have this party on a Friday night because yeah. Rachel says her parents are away for the weekend, and it's right after school. So they go right after school to Rachel's place and have a drunken rager party. But then we know it's weekend the next morning because. Kurt's dad wants Kurt to help him make brunch, which he wouldn't on a school day. Yeah, but then he goes into Kurt's room and Blaine is crashed at Kurt's place. Yeah. Because there's a bit of conflict there with Kurt having people sleep over. But then the very next scene cuts to everyone at school wearing sunglasses, acting very hungover. And it's like, like it's Monday. Yeah, like... How weak are you? <laughs> that is your wine cooler hangover <laughs> that you're still having it two full days later. Um, and things will happen like where other characters are hanging out and having a conversation in a school canteen and then it'll cut to Rachel in her pajamas. After the party cleaning up the red solo cup, Or like in her own house having alcohol yeah. like at a different point in time just trying to write something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As And... Rachel's parents are gone for the whole episode, so, like, it makes it seem for Rachel's plot on that this whole episode takes place over the course of the weekend that they are gone. Because <laughs> she's drinking a bunch of wine while they're not there. The house is still trashed. But other scenes are taking place at the school as though it's, like, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Shu goes out with, um, the coach from the football rugby team. They, they, they go to, like, a country bar. <laughs> yeah. Um, and try to sing a George Thorogood song that Will does not have the vocal range for. And then Will's like, you know what? Alcohol's really fun. And he, like, drunk calls <laughs> he, who he thinks is Emma being, just saying, like, suggestive, mildly lewd things to Yeah. Her. But actually, it was to Sue Sylvester. <laughs> My hero. Ah. My hero, Sue Sylvester. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next day at school, she announces on the tannoy with, like, to the whole school, Mr. Will's sh shoes, 
Schuster, Mr. William Schuster, <laughs> is a raging alcoholic who cannot be trusted. He needs help. He needs therapy. He needs to go into rehabilitation. And she plays all of the voicemails <laughs> to the entire school. And then Mr. She is like, oh, no. Cut to the, um, the actual assembly and all the students, like, take a shot of some, like, monstrous cocktail that Rachel's made. Mm-hmm. Sing TikTok by Kesha. And all vomit all over the stage halfway yeah. through it. But it's okay, because the principal's like, you've done enough to scare kids off alcohol. This is a very good p- performance piece that you did. Well done. And then at the end of the episode, and this is what I find most wild of all, Mr. Shu is like, kids, you really shouldn't be drinking. I know you've been drinking, and I know you were drunk, and that's really bad. So I want you to all sign this social contract where you don't drink anymore. But also, if you ever do get drunk, just call me. Because I can I can help. I can come pick you up if you're in a tight spot, if you're drunk. And listen, alcohol is quite fun and I, I quite like it. So, you know, alcohol is good. But don't drink it. But drink it. But if you call me, just don't drink it. Drink alcohol. Don't drink alcohol. End of episode. Yeah. Muddled social commentary. And Will never gets in trouble for, like, I don't know, sexual harassment for phoning a colleague and starting it slurring, hey, sexy lady. (laughs) (laughs) And that never goes anywhere. No, Emma's not mad. No. Sue doesn't get in trouble for playing it on the tannoy. Yep. With all these kids around. Will doesn't get in trouble for sending it to Sue. He doesn't even get in trouble with Emma for sending it to her. Emma, who is, at this point, married to someone called else. Someone called Carl. Who neither <laughs> of us remember. Like, okay, before every episode, we watched the previously on Glee just to sort of orient us on the season, you know? To be like, this is where we're at. And... That one started with, like, one of the clips being, like, and Emma got married, and both of us going, she what? (laughs) To who? For how long? (laughs) The continuity of the show is bizarre, because I think every single episode there was at least one member of the show choir we had no memory of that was in none of the other episodes. Yeah, you've got you've got dreadlocks guy, you've got Irish guy, you've got a very cursed character called Lauren, maybe Laura. Noxons. She had some sort of surname that was on her. She was running for um, prom queen at the same time as as Quinn. Yeah, and she decided to, out of jealousy, spite, dig up Quinn's personal records from a previous school when, like, Quinn has had, like, a nose job and lost weight and changed her hairstyle since, and she looks way different in the past. She doesn't look bad, but, like, this other girl's like, I have photocopied this picture of you from when kids called you Lucy Caboosey, and I've put it all around the school so that you don't get prom queen, but I do instead. And it's like, this is not helping your cause. Yeah, and... There's one, there's a girl with long red hair who's in one episode and has no lines. Oh yeah, and she's only ever seen, like, bopping away. Yeah, in the choir room when, when someone's singing a song, everyone else who's in the glee club has to sort of sing along or wave their arms or, like, nod along to the song. And there's lots of shots of her doing that. Yeah. Who is she? No idea. <gasps> she's the one who can't sing very well. That's her thing. Is it? Yeah, she auditions and she can't sing, but she's rich. 
I remember now. Oh, I don't I know what she's called. That at all. She's one of the random characters who there's no point to her. Yeah, there's a lot of those. I mean, okay, I guess maybe to segue on onto characters, that there, there are some consistent characters, maybe like eight or nine, like main characters. Yeah. And I feel like most of them are like pretty talented people. Yeah. Um. But like. There are so many other random characters. Yeah. Yeah, it's really hard to keep track of who's in the choir at any given time. And then yeah. also all of the minor, like, teacher characters. Yes, there's lots of random minor teacher characters. They're just very hard to keep track and of. And it's tricky when there's warblers, too, because then you have to keep track of, like, at least four warblers. Yeah. <laughs> At least the warblers are like, they wear a uniform, so you're like, okay, you're color-coded. I yeah. know which ones you are, because you're all wearing, like, burgundy or something. It, it, I sometimes feel bad, like, ragging on Glee, because, like, to be clear, I'm not ragging on... I'm ragging on um, Leah Michelle, who's apparently an awful racist, mm. and was really mean to um, the black women on set. Mm. So she has no rights. Yeah. But, like... Uh, most of the rest of them are very good to performers. All the actors, yeah. And they. And I reckon they must have gotten a lot of, like, cultural shit for being in Glee at the time. And it's, it's like, they all, they sing very well. I can't really blame them. Yeah, and some of them have gone on to, like, um, Amber... What's she called? The one who plays Mercedes has gone on to do cool things. Mm-hmm. Darren Chris has gone on to do cool things. Um, so to be clear, when we're ragging on Glee, we're not ragging on the talent in Glee, like, the fault lies entirely in the writing team. Yeah. And the editing. Oh. Amber Riley. Yeah. She's, um, she was in the West End recently. Yeah. I say recently, I was there two years ago. I think <laughs> she was intermittently on the West End. Yeah. No so one's on the West End right now because of the old Rona. Yes. It's a ghost town. It's a good the job that there's end. no more Glee because I'd do a Rona episode. Yeah. They would all go and do, like, lockdown Zoom Glee. Yeah. They'd do, like, a Hamilton episode or something, too. Oh. And I just, we don't want that. Oh, man. Really yeah, much. it is It is an odd show to watch because you watch people who are just genuinely very talented who seem to have gone on to do good things. Like, I, I, I joke about... Grant Gustin as the mean warbler, but, like, he's very good as the Flash. <laughs> and he sings in that sometimes, too, and I enjoy it. He has a nice voice. Sometimes I, um, I wonder about what my self-insert character would be in Glee. Mm. Like, I'd like to think I wouldn't be in Glee, but I have done, like, I did do a lot of theatre and choir yeah. as a kid, so I probably would be in Glee at the school. I, I fear. I fear for the glee, Elise. I can, I can neither sing nor dance, so I feel that I probably would not be in glee. You Can you play an instrument? Um, I can play the piano. You'd be the pianist. The, the pianist who's just always there in the choir room and at all like hours of the day. And also like a 50-year-old man. Yeah. yeah. They have a band on cue, and you, oh, their heads are always cropped out. You can just see them... And, and there's, they're just always there trailing these kids around. I always think it's really funny when one of them's about to do some sort of, like, romantic secluded ballad, and then, like, as they're working up to it, you can see the band members, like, file in at the bottom of the screen and <laughs> yeah. pick up their instruments. I, it's funny every time. You'd be a random band member yeah. then. Uh, I'd probably be in the Glee Club. 
Cursedly, very cursedly. What about the band members shit talk the, the Glee Club kids on their off hours? Yeah. If they I, get any off hours. I guess my gimmick would be uh, that I would be a British exchange student. Mm, so There you go. There we go. And I'd have a bunch of, like, British songs to sing exclusively. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, I'll sing this Ed Sheeran song. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adele, I'd have Adele. Yeah. That's yeah. not bad, actually. It's not bad. You the got Beatles, Queen... You got a lot yeah, going yeah, for Yeah, yeah, I, I actually wouldn't match your mind. Mm-hmm. As long as I could choose the songs. This is, see, this is it. This is how you fall into the, into the trap. Maybe I'd be a punk. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think Glee, as an entity, is cursed, blessed, or blessed? I think Glee is fully cursed. Um, mm. I don't, I don't know. I I wanted to be like, yeah, this is actually really fun. And there were bits that we watched that were funny on purpose, genuinely. Yeah. But so much of it is just upsetting and cursed. And anytime they try to make some sort of social statement, it comes out just like awful and mangled. But they do it in such a self-satisfied way. Like, look, we tackled mental health issues by cornering Emma into admitting to a bunch of children that she is OCD um, (laughs) after she got diagnosed an hour and a half ago. Like, it it just... The the tone of, like, self-satisfaction paired with the utter failure of writing in every single episode. Yes. Just really does it for me and makes it cursed. Yeah, no, I have to agree. Because, don't get me wrong, I had fun watching the episodes. I did too. But I also felt great pain. Yeah. And there were just whole segments where I was like, my mouth was agape. Yeah. I was like, I've, I've seen this before. And yet I'm shocked at what they're doing right now. Yeah. I'm really shocked. Yeah. No, I totally agree. (laughs) Mostly in the Bournemouth Way episode, like, not just the Emma plotline, the nose job plotline. Yeah. The Lucy Caboosey plotline. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So awful. The only one, the well, I guess in the alcohol one, I quite enjoyed the alcohol plotline because it was so garbled. It was so weird. They couldn't figure out what the message was and they just gave up. The episode itself felt like it was drunk. But even <laughs> that episode was not free from bullshit. Like, that's the thing. No episode is free from, from bullshit because yeah. that was a bisexuality one. Yeah. And so, it'll just hit you out of nowhere. Like, that sort of bit. <laughs> like, like, the bisexuality conversation, we're both like, whoa! <laughs> Kurt, back up. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and and then the characters, you can't like any of them because they're all little twats. They'll be nice in one episode and then be, like, soul-crushingly cruel the next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then also they'll expect you to forgive a character based on nothing. Yeah. Like, I don't want to forgive Karofsky. <laughs> he might be he might be a closeted gay man, but he was also very awful to Kurt. Yeah. I'm not gonna forgive he, Karofsky. He threatened to kill Kurt. I don't I'm not fine with him being around. <laughs> I don't wanna see him. I don't want him on my radar. <laughs> Certainly not on my gaydar. <laughs> 
And I do think a lot of the characters don't have, like, consistent motivations from episode to episode. I think this is also a symptom of the song problem. Yeah. Where we, like... Like, we want Artie to sing this angry song because the actor who plays him has the vocal range for this particular song. So Artie's mad now. This has really nothing to do with his general personality, and he's maybe one of the people least implicated in the Blaine has been injured plot, because he's not really friends with Blaine. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But that's what he's mad about, is Blaine's injury. (laughs) I want to hurt them, Mr. Shoe. I want to make them suffer. No, you've never said anything like that before, Artie. This is random. <laughs> and then and you got like, um, oh, what's he called? Is it Mike? Yeah, the dancer. The dancer, who's usually really sweet. Mm-hmm. He says some really awful things about his girlfriend, Tina. Tina's appearance. Yeah. And then later in the episode, they're all lovey-dovey, and it's like, oh, you're just going to let him say that. Yeah, we're just never going to come back to that. Okay. <laughs> and it's always so out of left field that it, it's it's just, like, constantly stressful to watch because you don't know where it's going to hit next. Yeah, um, you're never truly safe. And you can never truly get behind really any of the characters. No. Like, even I enjoy Sue Sylvester, but she does some... Like, I have vague memories of some truly awful things she does. Yeah, we didn't do the uh, the Nicki Minaj episode for a reason. I don't remember that one, and I don't want to remember that no, one. No, you don't want to remember that one. <laughs> it's a Sue-heavy episode, but not for the right reasons. Oh, God. I know. <laughs> but then there's some good Sue episodes, like when she marries herself, and she's wearing a wedding dress made out of tracksuit material. <laughs> I don't I do remember that one. <laughs> I, yeah, mean, the, I think that's that is a major flaw of the show, though, is that there just isn't a character who doesn't do something irredeemably awful. Yeah. And it's not just like they're, you know, scrappy and flawed. It's like they do something horribly, horribly cruel. Like you'd never want to talk to them again and you'd be justified in breaking all contact. Yeah. But next episode you're singing a quirky duet with them. Yeah. <laughs> no thank you. <laughs> it's like, uh, previously in Glee, uh, let's fabricate a plot line. Um, uh, let's see. Finn ruins Britney's life by outing her as lesbian to... Uh, her uh, very strict conservative father. I don't know what happens. I have no but idea. Let's say he does that, and it's like Brittany should be well within her rights to ne- never talk to Finn again. Yeah. And in the next episode, Brittany and Finn are are out for brunch together, and they sing a fun song about bagels. Yeah. <laughs> and they might in passing be like. Ah, Finn, remember when you were in my life last week? I forgive you. Yeah. (laughs) Random football player threatens to stab Kurt. And next episode, it turns out they're closeted gay, so we forgive them. Well, that's a thing. Karofsky does have a tragic plotline in in this show. But I've I've found out by just looking on on BuzzFeed for, like, Glee episodes Mm -hmm. that Karofsky later dates Blaine. No, he wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. Because, like, Kurt... Karofsky has intended to kill before. Kill Kurt. He threatens to kill Kurt, and then Kurt leaves the high school out of fear for his life and goes to whatever the Warbler's school is called. Dalton. And Dalton, that's how he meets Blaine. 
having left his high school out of fear for his life. Blaine wouldn't go and date this guy. It doesn't, like, I think the show just relies on there being so much plot that you forget what's happened in terms of what characters have done. So it's like nothing has any emotional context (laughs) other than whatever song we've sung most recently. And characters do some despicable stuff. Like, I, I remember vague plot lines about it in, um, intended baby theft. Oh, yeah. There's a baby theft plot line. Yeah. There's a pregnancy fakery plot line, too. Yeah. yeah. There's never really permanent consequences for, like, anything. <laughs> no. And it is often very hard to tell if you're supposed to feel bad for characters or not. Like, I don't feel bad for Rachel pretty much ever, but the show really wants me to. Yeah, they frame it like she's the big hero yeah. of the thing. But when she does achieve her dream of landing the main role in Funny Girl, as I was saying to you, she'll, she is on Broadway for like three days, gets bored of the slog of being on Broadway, quits to do a TV show, and then that flops. So then she has to move back to Ohio and be a teacher. Mm-hmm. And it's like... But she, <laughs> all she wanted was to, was to be a Broadway star. Yeah, that's her entire personality. Specifically a funny girl. Mm-hmm. But she wouldn't get bored of that. She just wouldn't. It makes no sense. Like, I think that my most uttered word during this experience has been, why? <laughs> like, why? Why? Who? Why? Uh, mm-hmm. has been the soundtrack of the last week. So, Elise, do you think Glee is cursed, blurst, or blessed? Yeah, cursed. Cursed. Um, I, I had a good time watching it, but in the same way, I had a good time watching Cat in a Hat, <laughs> which I also said was cursed. Yeah. It's... And I'm not a contrarian. Everything I said as a teenager, I stand by now. I, you're right. I was, I was wrong as a teenager. I think a lot of what kept me watching as long as I did, which was really only, it was only three seasons, was inertia after I'd started. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I want to know what happens. But the answer is both a lot of things and nothing happens. And Shannon, the question is, did you learn your lesson? In next week's episode, <laughs> we're doing the exact same thing with Riverdale. And this one's my fault, folks. Uh, this is this is my dark backstory from undergrad, <laughs> where uh, my my friends and I in the honors English literature cohort, um, after our our big seminar every Friday, they'd all come over to my place, which was quite near the university, and we'd watch Riverdale, um, because it would air that day, so we watched the whole first season like that, um, and I'm still watching it. (laughs) (laughs) The traps we fall into time and time again. And I've subjected Elise to, to several episodes of it, so look forward to us talking about that next week. Because <laughs> I never learned my lesson from watching Glee. <laughs> uh, we all have fatal character flaws. Uh, listeners, chime in. What's your fatal flaw? <laughs> Let us know in the comments. Hey, you know, also, 
Like and subscribe. <laughs> like and subscribe and message us on Instagram. And if you have um, an iconic episode of a show that you remember um, from your tween or teen years, let us know. Yeah. Now I'm curious about Supernatural, man. I, I think we should watch it. Carry on my wayward son. There'll be beef when you are done. <laughs>if we did a Glee episode without acknowledging the fact that two of the actors in Glee have very sadly passed away since. Uh, so Corey Monteith, who played Finn, and Naya Rivera, who played Santana. These were both great actors who seemed like really solidly good people, and we pay our respects to them.